Welcome in to another edition of the Tabby Keg Podcast, episode oh. 424. Mitch on the other end of the Zoom. Charlie here with you. Hope you're doing well. Happy Friday. We have a big Bucks game on Saturday, a pivotal game five, as they like to say. Uh, Bucks Suns, we're going to talk about the headlines heading into that one. Um, must win for the Bucks. Chris Paul Hurt. What do we expect from Giannis Antetokounmpo? <laughs> Will Drew Holiday show up? All sorts of shit. We can't wait to talk about it. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll get to talk about game four a little bit, game three. We'll we'll do it all. We're going to also talk about if Giannis has kind of reached Aaron Rodgers' status. I will talk what I mean about that uh, in the second part of the show. And then lastly, Cincinnati has a good series against the Brewers this weekend. Lily's not about it. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll let people start getting worried about it. Will we start worrying about the Cincinnati Reds? Pardon me. Lily. I have to edit this. Thanks, asshole. Might leave that in. All right. So let's start with the Bucks. So the Bucks come. Uh, would you say they pulled it out of their ass? You're not going to ask night? me how I'm doing, Charlie? Come I'm on. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was thrown off. My li- blame Lily, man. It's All it's right. Lily's fault, not me. How are you doing, Mitch? I am fired up, man. It is. Uh, how can you not be? It's been it's been a been a hell of a day. Um, on Thursday here for me, it's just been a kind of a, kind of a exhausting 24 hours, I would say. Um, taping this about eight o'clock at night on Thursday. I mean, game started eight o'clock, uh, Wednesday. And that was, I'm surprised I didn't have a note underneath my door from all the yelling I did in my apartment. Um, during that game, full disclosure, Charlie and I were not broadhouse boys again on Wednesday. Um, that's now two in a row. The Bucks have won. With my ass firmly planted on the couch, but um, that'll yeah. change this weekend. Right? But, yeah, we we got to go back. Hopefully, Tim Cat's back. Oh. Um, you know, I am two and zero at my own house as well. Um, Morgan, I've won. I, last three, I've won with her. Although she went to bed in the fourth quarter, so that's a terrible fan move. Um, she was fading sure in the is. fourth quarter. And I, I can't believe I didn't wake her up. I get it. She, I, she was out like a light and I was, I was trying to keep my yells to a minimum, but at one point I slammed my hall, like upper deck of my hall. I just slammed it with my two hands. <laughs> I think there was a foul call. I don't really know the booker call. I, uh... I was so mad. I think I tweeted out, like I was like a high school coach. Like I just had my hands on my knees pretty much for the last five oh, minutes. Yeah. Like that's all I was. I was like hands on that's knees funny. status. Every three, I did like a squat, basically, uh, which I do at the bar. Uh, if you ever watch me at the brows, like it's basically the stance at the broad house, just not with the bar. Because if my hands are yeah. usually on the bar, I'm standing, and then I kind of go to my like knees on every three point shot. Um, I uh, I was I was in an athletic stance myself, probably <laughs> at the fourth quarter, um, and that's when. I really started doing a lot of yelling and I kind of realized I need to shut the fuck up a little bit, probably about halfway through the fourth quarter. So I went and sat back down. Um, but I think I ended up put yourself like on my knees, on my knees in front of my TV, like probably with a couple minutes left. And, uh, which I did for one of those Brooklyn games. It was the game when Giannis dropped the, 
the handoff pass from Middleton. Yeah. Like a game game five, five against Brooklyn. Yep. And I just fell face first, but they ended up uh, pulling it out. And um, then I ended up was way too jacked to sleep. So as I said to you in, in, the, in the pre-show meeting, like we could have just done this last night as it turned out, but um, uh, it wasn't meant to be. And then, uh, yeah, I worked about 12 hours today and um, yeah, it's been just kind of an exhausting 24 hours, but uh, we will be ready to roll. I've been, I've, been, I've had, you know, there, there's a lot of takes coming out of this game. I feel like all week I've had some stuff, so hopefully I can, I can recall all those, but uh, yeah, so, it's uh game, game five. It's, it's, as you know, Charlie, the series doesn't begin until the road team wins and the Bucks <laughs> have that opportunity in front of them. They do. Night. So let me ask you that. Do you think the Bucks have the momentum of the series? Cause I kind of think they do. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot like Brooklyn, right. Where it's like, yeah. Okay, you got it, and even I feel even better probably. Um, yeah, just because you didn't get your ass beat in game two, but you came home and you had a pretty convincing game three win. Then game four was kind of the game three against Brooklyn, sort of flip flop there where <clears throat> you really didn't play very well. It was a pretty ugly game all around, and you somehow found a way. And now you're up two, or now you're tied two two. And you do have a lot of the momentum without like having to face Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. And, and I'm not really going to take anything away from the Suns. I think that they are a very good team. Um, they've shown it. They're, they're, they're much, they're, I don't want to say they're much better coach than the Bucks. I really hate that because coach Bud takes a lot of shit, but they're not, they're as dumb as the Bucks. I'll say that that's pretty obvious that, that they tend to get themselves to their spots a lot better and take good shots and shots that they know they can make. Whereas, you know, we have Brooke Lopez going over five from three, you know, in, in game four in the finals. And, you know, Giannis took one dumb three, but he sort of went away from it after that. Thank God. But I mean, that Suns crowd is going to be pretty, pretty impressive. I bet. I feel like, I feel like we, we, we reset the bar in Milwaukee. Um, that was some incredible, incredible crowds. I never thought I would see it at Pfizer Forum, and uh, and we did. And I feel like the Suns fans are going to be going to be crazy right yeah. back at it. So, yeah, I mean they're going to be full throat. But I will I will offer you this. I wonder how tight they're going to be early on. Like the Bucks have a chance, and I know they've been a slow starting team in the playoffs. We've seen it. I don't know how many times the Bucks have came out cold. Like it's the, one of the stories of the playoffs. It's like, oh yeah, we can't shoot to start a game, but the Bucks have an opportunity to kind of hit the Suns in the mouth and carry over Game Four. Because the more I thought about that game, as I, I you know, been thinking about it all day, I, how, how can you not? And it was a demoralizing loss for the Suns. The Suns were two minutes away from going up three-one, coming home on a Saturday night. Now six o'clock, seven o'clock in Phoenix to clinch this with a crowd at full throat and ready to crown Phoenix as a champion. And the Bucks counterpunched at the very last minute and got the TKO, mostly Chris Middleton. And so now you have yeah. to go back. Now, like, just put yourself in that situation as a fan. If you're on the, the Sun side, like, you and Chris Paul, who knows, right? And Devin Book, if it's not for Devin Booker, 
they're they're uh, you know it's a twenty point. They probably get blown out. They probably get blown out by twenty points. Like that's that's the reality, right? And so I I'm very surprised. I understand where you're coming from, but I'm very surprised that I haven't heard a ton of like, are we sure the Suns are kind of maybe dead? Because I I have this feeling like I'm not underestimating them by any means, by any shape of imagination. I'm just saying like there's a real chance that they just they they come out flat. They're gonna need their fans to not be tight and to be ready, ready to go early on. Uh, but, I don't see that happening at all. But I mean, no, no, no. I'm me. not. I'm I'm look, I, look. I'm not calling for a blowout. <laughs> I'm not calling for a blowout. I, I'm not no, at I all. You're not. I'm just all I'm saying. All I'm saying is, the Suns. The Suns are gonna have to deal with like if they start cold in that first quarter. That's a residual. Of of the fourth quarter, game four, that's yeah. that's what that I guess, is. I hadn't thought of the, like how much of a demoralizing loss that was for them. I guess I'd just been thinking about how great of a win that oh, was sure. to pull that. Right. Like like one thing I've been thinking about. Here's here's a good take for you. Uh, might want to bookmark this one. Is that I think as as Buck fans, we need to at this point um, throw all the fucking trends, how they look, <laughs> throw that shit out the window. It's the NBA finals, dude. I don't give a shit how you win. I don't care how it looks. Like we just, we just are going to have to be resigned to the fact and accept the fact that they can't fucking shoot one bit and I'm tired of it, but it is what it is. They, they cannot shoot threes. Drew holiday is, is probably not going to bounce back offensively. His defense though has been an absolute factor on Chris Paul, but I mean, just, we are going to, and it's, it's fine, but we are just going to have to accept the fact that, I don't think any wins going forward are going to be pretty. Um, and, and I don't care. So I, and, and I feel like the fans have done a pretty good job of that. Right. Where it's, mm-hmm. I mean, people are really excited, even though that game was awful last night, but at the end of the day, they won and everybody's really, really happy as am I. It doesn't matter anymore. It, it shouldn't be. I mean, there is no, well, this team can't win a champ. Like this is your opera. This is it. Like yep. you, you won the game. That's all that matters. Yeah, you're at you're at the door right now. It's a three game series, and you get to decide it. And the Bucks like, have a not, chance. It, it, it's not game three against Brooklyn where it's like, no, you pulled that out. You pulled that out of your ass. There's no way you can win a championship. You're, you're, that's right. the one game you're going right. to win, and you're done. Like I, I don't care, dude. Like, yeah, fuck it. I mean, no, they played like shit last night, and they won. I don't care. I, I said I the whole podcast. I let off the podcast yesterday with just how this team is more mentally tough than anyone in the NBA. They were more mentally tough than Brooklyn. They were more mentally tough than Atlanta. And then last night they were more mentally tough than Phoenix. Phoenix was complaining about the referees all fucking game. Phoenix was flopping their dicks off and not to say the bucks didn't have flopping moments. You know, PJ had a flop on, I think Booker's fifth foul. Um, But at the same time, there wasn't much complaining. They just, stuck their head down and didn't let it affect them. They didn't let it affect yeah. them that Giannis didn't have that great of a game. They just kept playing basketball. They kept yeah. hooping. And that's what they've done all postseason. And you're right. It's going to probably be ugly. It's not going to be pretty. They're going to muck it up. They have a way of doing it because they're a good defensive team. They know how to win in the fourth quarter. They they've went from a team who remember how many times they're like, wow, the fourth quarter is a real concern. The fourth quarter is yeah. going to be a problem in the playoffs to now. It's like, I trust this team in the fourth quarter. How could you not? 
they they've yeah. given you time and again reasons, but I, I guess yeah, from and, the and, and like what was I gonna say? It's it's crazy how like over the last two years, I mean, the Bucks have gone from just teams a team that's really stuck in their ways. Yeah, they won a lot of regular season games, but they when it when the shit hits the fan, they don't have the answers, and now all of a sudden, you know they're like the most mentally tough team and I, I don't disagree at all. I mean, they've, they've shown it. I mean, they've avoided, you know, catastrophe and, and things you can't control if you, if you get my drift, but yep. I mean, they've, uh, they've really, and I think it's some of the, you know, PJ Tucker, uh, you know, I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast kind of right before we did this. Um, so it's kind of fresh in my mind, but they, you know, Simmons was obviously beaten up on PJ Tucker. Like, are we sure he's good? He's kind of been doing that on, on and off this postseason, which I think is funny because it's like PG, P, just because he had zero points doesn't mean he had no impact on the game. Bill's just jealous like, that PJ didn't make it on. Don't the read a fucking box score. Don't read a box score. And just because Kevin Durant had 40, 40 points every game, don't act like those weren't tough. I mean, and it, everything. I mean, God, Devin Booker. I, did he have any open looks? I mean, none. No, he just was hitting everything. No, and everybody, so everybody was in his don't shirt. Don't fucking start with that. Yeah, but and here's the here's the thing about the Devin Booker. So let's do. I want to do Drew Holiday. You, you're like an onion sometimes, Mitch. You give me so much room to play and let me just peel off little chunks here and there. But I want to start with Drew Holiday. So is Drew Holiday kind of going through what PJ Tucker went through in, which brings it back to PJ Tucker, what PJ Tucker went through in Brooklyn. If you remember game six, after game six, they beat Brooklyn. They're headed into seven. PJ Tucker does a long media session. I think it's like a nine minute session. And they ask him about his offense and he kind of laughs. And he's like, do you know how hard it is to guard Kevin Durant on defense? Like, <laughs> do you really know like how much energy I have to use on defense? And do you think that's kind of happening with Drew Holiday? And so should Drew be more of a distributor and less looking for a shot? I know we wanted him to be aggressive, but are we sure that's the right move right now, just given all that he's exerting out on the defensive end? Mm -hmm. Well, Chris Paul's hurt now, so I guess we don't have to worry about him anymore. We don't even have to guard him. (laughs) I don't know what's Um, going on. No, I'm I'm, I'm being facetious. I know you're being facetious. Real quick on Chris Paul, man. If he has a, if he has another stinker, the Chris Paul choke stuff gets really loud, really, yeah. really, really loud. Go ahead though, with Drew Holiday. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was being facetious. I had no. Really I know. I know. Yet, I know you were. So. I know. All right. I'd fully acknowledge <laughs> it. I, 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 I would. I would like to see more offensively from Drew Holiday. I think it's very important when you when you only have like three and a half guys that can score the score the ball. I mean. Well, then what? Okay, so we, so we we allow Drew Holiday to get a full pass on offense. Then what? You got Giannis and Chris. That's about it. Yeah, I mean that's that's not going to work. Probably not. You're you're probably you're probably right. Um, I know I know that that's a lot to ask, but I need more than four out of twenty. I, four for twenty. I just that's unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. you got to make a fucking layup. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they have to. They have to. Work I could live on... with. I could probably live with seven for twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, should I probably take six for twenty if one of those is a three? 
uh, you get you get below 20% though, or 25%. I mean, <laughs> he's only shooting like 38% from the floor for the for like the entire postseason. So, I mean, seven or eight out of 20 isn't isn't unrealistic. No. And if you're and if you're picking up Chris Paul at three quarter court most of the time, I can live with it. But you know, I need a little bit more because I, yeah, and you know, if you're you, you can't oh, trust Middleton on the road, unfortunately. Um, I think he 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 acknowledged in the post game presser. I think after game four that he's got to find a way to make shots on the road. So I think that he knows that, or that's a, that's a thing that he's not you know that hasn't been great on the road. He's certainly not in this series. So you know I don't know whoever whoever if Pat Pat Connaughton wants to score thirty points in a game, I'm fine with that too. I don't see that happening. No. But so it's got I mean it's got to be it's got to be Holiday. Yeah, especially on the road. Like, so at, at I, home, at home, at home, we we've seen that you can, at home, you're gonna get, you might get 15 or 20 from Bobby Portis, mm-hmm. um, or Brooke Lopez pulls one out of his ass. But he's he's Brooke is, I mean, borderline unplayable in this series, just because they exploit him. Yeah, on defense. So uh, I mean, Drew Drew Holiday has to has to step it up a little bit, just a little bit. I, I mean, just a little. Yeah, I think with, with Holiday. It's just one of those things where he he needs to look at the tape and and maybe it's with a coach, maybe it's not, and look and say, all right, Drew, like what's going on with the layups, man? Like, is it your trajectory? Is it the way you're coming in? Are you throwing it too hard off the off the bat? Like what what's happening that makes it, you know, not go in the basket? Because it, this shouldn't happen. Like he's a good finisher like during the regular season are you just getting nervous like what's going uh, on yeah i was gonna say I, I think it's just his his shorts are full of poop and he's just you know i mean <laughs> getting distracted by that at the, when he when he goes up with the shot and obviously you don't get a couple to go early. i mean like like looking game three i mean he hit the first three of the game i mean that helps you know i mean you, you get one to go right away and then game four, it was like oh for five or six again, and it's like it's just a grind. So what you know, if again? Bud, I mean, what if Bud draws up a play for him to in the dunker spot early? Like I know Drew's not a dunker spot; like, that's not his position. But why don't you do something like that? Like why don't you do like that reverse pick and roll that got Pat Connaughton free? Like why don't you try something along those lines to kind of see what you can do? Like take from some of your plays or like the curl off that Middleton has with the mid range. I know Drew doesn't really have a mid range game, but like let him try to do some mid range stuff. Say, just try to get him going in a different way. So yeah, I agree. You bring up a really good point that if Drew doesn't do anything on offense, even though what he's doing with Chris Paul and he's in Chris Paul's shirt, he needs to still bring it on offense. He at least needs to steady the tide and get the bucks anywhere from 12 to 16 points and hope Giannis and Chris kind of carry it the rest of the way. You brought up role players. Out of the Suns role players who have been virtually non-existent in the buck, the two games here, who scares you in game five? Bridges, Johnson. Jay Crowder did show up, I think, in both games. Um, Does Jay Crowder kind of reviving? Like, what? which one of those role players are you like, all right, shit, we just can't get one of those guys going? Well, Bridges had 27 in game two, and didn't. Right. I don't think he had that combined in three and four. No. So I don't know what, what to think about him. 
I, mean, I think the Bucks. I, I guess really he, quick, he doesn't I, scare me, but they I mean, adjusted. They adjusted their defense to shut down the corner three. The Bucks have completely taken away the corner three from the Suns. The Suns just don't have that look. Cam Johnson hasn't got that look. Bridges hasn't got that look. They held them to three corner threes in game four. Game three, excuse me. I don't know what yeah. the number was in game four, and they had seventeen in game two, and a lot of those felt like they were from Mikael Bridges. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what he does. If you can, um, if you can block that corner, you got a chance. I'm trying to think how they've done that, because um, it seemed like in, in Phoenix a lot, they were you were getting the the house of highlights. This Suns ball movement is beautiful. It's like, well, yeah, because they got a fucking lucky lucky bounce on a rebound, and you know, then everybody's scrambling and out of position, and they're just passing the ball around, and then a nail and a three. But I, I mean, how? I don't know. I guess I'm not enough of a basketball nerd to know like. How do you shut down the corner three without standing and t- having two guys stand in the corners? Yeah, well, I mean, we'd just, have to. Are you closing out harder or like, I yeah. don't know, we, we have to get Bucks, Bucks film room on that or something. Yeah, yeah. can we get Bucks um, film room, Dean Manette? Like, can we get one of those guys like in here, like to give us a, a opinion on how we're shutting down the corner three? Because we are. That's what I'm it's, saying is like, that, that's what's like, that's what's with like the home road swings is like teams when they go on the road just don't have that same type of like juice. No. that they do like it's like and it's not even really a juice thing necessarily it's just like you don't get as lucky on the road no. i mean you don't have the officials look, on at, your look, side. At, look at game look at game two yeah you don't you don't typically have the officials but look at game I, two for the bucks it's like the, the bucks could were kind of hanging in there but every time the suns needed to hit a shot they hit a shot it was every fucking time and that's why that's why the bucks lost by 10 it was like every time the bucks got it to like like and that wasn't hap- That doesn't happen on the road. I feel like it just it happens for the home team, where it's like, look at the last two games for the Bucks. Like every time they needed a Pat Connaughton couldn't hit water. He fell out of a boat half the time, no. but he hit two two of the biggest shots of my life. Pat I mean, Connaughton. <laughs> Pat Connaughton got two bangs from Mike Breen th- th- in I these know. two games. He got the third quarter bang, and then he got the other bang uh, in the corner. It was amazing. Right. I mean, just incredible and it's it's wild and you bring up the home road like if you're stuff. a suns fan there if you're a suns fan there i'm, I'm breaking something like yeah. i would be so pissed it's like pat Connaughton probably had two air balls in that game look and he's hitting pat Connaughton you know a huge three points and five rebounds in the fourth quarter i talked about it on the podcast yesterday like eight points and five rebounds in the fourth quarter that's incredible like that's mm-hmm. really bite. Yeah. i mean yeah but yeah, you're right. You do have to wonder: Will a role player for the Bucks show up? Kind of inversing my topic is like: Will Kyneton come to play in, in Phoenix? Could Bobby Portis have a moment? Could this be a you know? Even though he's a starter, I still consider Brook Lopez more of a role player. Could they find a way to utilize Brook, even though he has been getting abused in this series? Who knows? Everybody's favorite Jeff Teague. Could he get a moment? Um. I, and I, the Jeff Teague stuff, I, I, people just got to take it easy. Like, I don't think Jeff Teague's <laughs> that good, but I was going to talk to you at some point in this podcast and I can do it now about the Heat Maverick series of 2006, which is the last time that the home teams have won the first four games. Fucking dishonored wow. Diop started for the Mavericks. Okay. Like, that he sucks like Deshaun he was a fucking bust 
Marquise Daniels well, got minutes. He had eight, he played eighteen well, minutes. That and that goes back to Gary like, Payton's corpse played seventeen minutes. And people, in- so people think that like got that the NBA today they don't play defense, right? People think that. But go look at the fucking 90s, dude. You wonder why these teams are scoring 80 points a game? You had, like, three guys on the court who were a complete non-factor yeah. on both teams. It's like, let's pass the ball to Michael Jordan. You had, you had one guy shooting, like, 50 times a game. The, the, mean, heat, the heat started now, nowadays. Nowadays, you have to have, like, you have to have five guys that can at least threaten, keep a defense honest. I mean, from a three or something like that. That's why they have three and D guys. Right. Like that's a term that has that has been around for maybe ten years now. Three and D. You have a guy who's gonna play his ass off in D and stand in the fucking corner and, and be able to knock down a corner three. TJ Tucker. I mean, the quintessential prototypical three and D guy. And I mean, but you know, he might go one for five or something, but you're at least gonna close out on his ass. And yeah. you know, he might run into one. Pat Connaughton too. And you know, like I said, Dizana, Dizana, Giap or whatever. Oh my God. That dude probably never even touched the ball. Not once. Listen, the Heat starting lineup in that closing game Dwayne Wade, Shaq, Jason Williams, Antoine Walker's corpse, and Udonis Haslam. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jason Williams was passed first. He went one of seven in, in there. Udonis Haslam actually had a nice game 17 points, eight, eight of 13. What was the NBA was so bad in that time? I feel like. Well, I, I mean, just... the Dwayne Wade controversy was that one because I was in high school. And that was a big series, weirdly, in our high school because I was a big Marquette fan, and yeah. Devin Harris started for the Mavericks, so it became a very bloodlust sort of series. And yeah, Milwaukee it, ties there. It's weird. It's weird how this. It's a weird parallel. It's not entirely there. But Dallas won those first two games at home by double digits. They won 90 to 80, 99 to 85, games one and two. Heat come back, win a close game in game three, 96 to 98. Then the next night, they blow out Dallas by 24 points. Oh, was that the game? Was game three the game where the Heat were down by like 15 or 16 in the third quarter or something and came back and won? Yeah. Uh, you are correct. The yeah. Dallas outscored Miami 34 to 16 in that third quarter. Miami then flipped it and scored outscored them by 11 to close out that game and win. Wow. Um, Dwayne Wade had 42 and 13 in that game. Fuck. That is Dwayne yeah. Wade had a masterpiece of a series in this one. I mean, but then they, so if you really want to think how bad Saturday could be, the heat did win that game by one. They won it in overtime. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, they I'll be I'll ab- be dead. I will be dead at that point. <laughs> yeah. Like you will be on absolute life support <laughs> if that's the case. Oh, you'll, man. Be, you'll be dragging me out by my ankles. Oh yeah. The, I, uh, I, I will do area. I will do the I will do the review. I'll be like Stotep WI game review. <laughs> I have Mitch Pratt on my shoulders. <laughs> he is dead. This is an Oregon Trail situation. I'm just gonna have to carry him home here. He has there will be like or something. There will be body bags just lined up at uh, in the Deer District, probably if that happens. There will just oh, be my God. so many, so many heart attacks and oh yeah. I mean, obviously the best case scenario is the Bucks just blow the, blow them out, which is very unlikely to happen. And then right. the second best case is that they just keep this up. 
and that Giannis comes back to well, kind of look. Go ahead. I mean, best case is like game six again in Atlanta, where it's just like, yeah, you, you come out to a, to a nice lead, which is almost impossible for this team, but they did it somehow in game six and sort of set the tone. And I think Atlanta, well, Atlanta came back in the second quarter. And I think it was tied or right there. Yeah, it was right half. there before Middleton just went bananas. But I mean, again, it's not, it's not Tuesday against Charlotte and, I mean, these, teams, these guys are a good team, and it's gonna it's gonna happen. But I feel like then the Bucks came came out and reestablished things in the second half, and Atlanta really never. Well, then they came back again. The Bucks almost fucking blew it. <laughs> but you know, I don't know. But like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, no, I know exactly. That would be that'd be a great situation where it's like, yeah, I can kind of breathe for a while. You know, in these yeah, games. they're on the you're they're basically, yeah, I think with being on the road, no lead is safe. Like you just have to make sure that your foot is on the gas pedal the entire time. Like do not think about being up three, two, don't talk about it. Like until the buzzer is the buzzer, it is, it is going to be two, two. That's why game five in Brooklyn was such a nightmare. Cause it's like, you're up by, you're up by double digits at half or whatever, like 16 and it just it started to slip like midway through the third quarter and then it was just it was gone. you know you had all your you had all them that's you know the bucks had all the momentum heading into game five and it carried into the game and then they pissed it away so, so that's worst case scenario so let opinion. me ask so let me ask you was did game six for atlanta happen because game five at brooklyn happened in a weird way like, did they learn from their kind of mistakes from that game of saying, all right, we just got to keep – we got to keep playing basketball. We can't give these fuckers an inch, and we just have to dominate yeah. and and do that. Because a part of me does wonder – now that you said it, like, I didn't even think about it, but I – it's weird how you forget stuff. Like, I remember the Durant shot in game five. I forgot kind of that the Bucks had a 17-point lead and were absolutely rolling in that game, and then it all went to shit. And they they just have to kind of keep that in mind. Like, we can't have Brooklyn happen again. Devin Booker gets hot. Now, granted, he hasn't been that great from three. But if Devin Booker gets hot from mid-range, Jay Crowder's rolling from three, like, don't let this shit go downhill. And I don't know if Giannis will allow it. I really don't. I, I, I think Giannis has brought himself to another level. I think finally the respect for Giannis is there. I said after game three, I was like, look, if we lose in five, there's still going to be a lot of people remembering what Giannis did. And I listed off a bunch of guys who bowed out early. Shaq, LeBron, um, who else? Not Jordan. Jordan had the Pistons. There was another guy. Doesn't matter. But basically, I just had a list of dudes who like, yeah, the first playoff, first finals didn't go so hot. But Giannis has a stamp of approval here. And now he has a chance to finish it. And just as long as he takes his tinkle early, doesn't hyperventilate, like we're good. Has him, you know, a couple breathing <laughs> exercises early. Like let him just calm down and, and get this shit started and and really impact it early. That was that that's something we need in game five. Is we need a Giannis attack early on, go right at eight. Because if they get eight into foul trouble, Phoenix is in. Well, deep shit. 
yeah. That's, I mean, then... I mean, that's, that's seriously should be the number one game plan is how do we get DeAndre Ayton in foul trouble? Now he's pretty good at avoiding fouls. And I think Phoenix made some nice adjustments to avoid Ayton sort of getting himself in those situations, but they, yeah. the Bucks need to find Bucks also didn't do any favors there because they were shooting way too much from the outside. I feel like when people get into foul trouble, it starts in the first and second quarter. And that's kind of what happened with Booker. And, and yeah, and I, I said it yesterday, but man, the NBA is so fucking lucky the Bucks won because oh yeah, the amount of shit that would have came down on the league would have been unmatched. I don't yeah, I think just with all the stuff going on, the ratings being down, everything else, it would have been an absolute shit show for the league. So Adam Silver, I think, is very thankful that this is two two headed back to Phoenix. Yeah, for sure. That's there's yeah. I mean there still was some talk about it, but I mean, <clears throat> it's probably more in Milwaukee. Um, just can you believe that that happened? You know, type stuff. And you know, we talked about it here because we're in the we're in the in the fight. But um, I don't know how much of it was talked about nationally. Um, yeah, prob- probably. Just other than the fact that it was a what it was, it was a bad call, bad non-call, whatever you want to call it. I mean, yeah, it's it's wasn't great. And you're right. I mean, that was one of those where it's like, all right, we can look at this. We have, we have, you know, plain as day evidence that, you know, the refs suck. And I think, I think Rami pointed out on his show this afternoon on Thursday afternoon that, you know, if the league doesn't do something about that, like at the very least they're accepting or like they're, they're okay with it, with it. I mean, I don't know what they're going to – like, I don't think a guy should lose their job over that, but. No, but they – but you have – I mean, I – or take them off – take them off the list for for possible referees. They have I – mean, they have uh, – I forget how many fi- finals refs they have. They have a good amount. And sure. I think that this is a clear thing that you do not let these refs, you know, officiate any, any of the games uh, going forward. That this is just – this was their last game. That's it. And it yeah, went against my whole theory on the podcast last week where I was like, if I know a ref's name, that's bad. I didn't know any of these ref's yeah. names had an end to it. I know James Capers now. I know what he looks like. James is on the list. <laughs> James is now known. Yeah, so. I mean, I agree. And, like, the refs, like, you know what sucks about, like, you can't have part-time refs because we've seen how that goes, right? Right. But with the NFL, but having full-time refs too, it's like these these refs are people. I mean, they build relationships with players, and but there's no way that a ref should have friends in the league. Like Mark Davis can't be good buddies with Chris Paul. That just that can't happen. Are they good friends? Like, are they good friends? I'm pretty sure I've heard that. Yeah, that, that... they're they're good buddies. So 32 points from Chris Paul in game one. Who refs game one? Mark Davis. Um, but Scott Foster, he's 0 and 12 in his career in the postseason. And what happened? The refs fucked him. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you solve it. I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like you could probably do something where you have the same refs every game and they're almost treated like they're on a, they're on a jury panel or something where they have to like sit in their hotel room and not watch any TV or, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's unrealistic too. And that's, kind of ridiculous but then you also have a situation where refs 
you know, I do kind of like the idea of mixing in the refs too, because then there's, they're kind of, it's a fresh set of eyes and you don't want to, you don't want to have the same refs for five or six games, probably just because they'll develop their own storylines and we don't need that. So like, like that, like that, that would be a story. Like if James Capers were to do six game six or game five, Oh yeah, like that'd be like hundred percent. They have to, they have to squash that, that stuff. So I get no, it. No doubt. So they have 14 refs that are assigned to this series. So that means we could get Mark Davis in game one, game five. Um, Tony brothers could come back around. We could see Scott Foster again. Um, so we'll see. We'll just sort of see. I'm not, I think after game one and then now game four, I'm just kind of like the refs are the refs. I'm going to bitch about them. Kind of what you said about throw everything out. It's like, you know what, as long as they don't decide a game, like I, I could have dealt with the, the, the box losing last night. They're like, yeah, they didn't shoot the ball. Well, Giannis wasn't that great. They had a chance, but they just couldn't capitalize. I'd be fine. I would. Devin Booker was incredible. Yet again, another game where it was like, if Devin, Devin Booker is not going to have that game again, I hope everyone knows that. Like Devin Booker is not going to have a 40 point game again. I will guarantee it. Just like Trey Young didn't have a 48 point game again. Kevin Durant, on the other hand, did have another mm. game, game. But what? I don't know. Devin Booker is better than Trey Young. He is so. better than Trey Young, but I don't think Devin Booker is a superstar. I, I know Simmons was on that. I. I don't Trey Young it. also had a had a catastrophic roll of the ankle. Yeah. So well, Trey yeah, Young has a big problem. Trey Young has Forrest Gump ankles. That's not my fault. Get better ankles then. A famous yeah. line from the Snow Tap W. Got like titanium ankle fucking braces on, and he he tweaks his ankle on a rest on like an unnatural step back. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but yeah, I'm glad that's over with and Giannis is healthy again, so I don't have to necessarily feel like yeah, um, you know feel the karma per se before but. yeah before we go to my Giannis Rogers comparison um one of my many that I've flown out to you in our 424 episodes together where I just come up with weird things that that correlate um what do you got for game five what do you think happens who do you think wins um where where do we set come Sunday oh, god my favorite part I, favorite I love part it of every podcast I always love predictions. <laughs> uh, I, God, I don't want to, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it either way. Okay. All right. Um, don't say it. Then don't say it. What you've already kind of laid it out. You've laid out your best case. It's like game six against the Hawks. The worst case, it's like game five against Brooklyn. I'll ask you this. Would you rather lose a very close game or just get your ass kicked? I'd rather get my ass kicked, probably. Then we can just move on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because if I... Huh? As I the get... Bucks say, as the Bucks have said multiple times this postseason, doesn't matter whether you, whether you lose by one or lose by 40. I will say this. If they do get their asses kicked, I would have real concerns if they can win in Phoenix. That would be yeah. my that would be my big worry. If they, I think that's my like out of everything, win or lose, just show me you can play in Phoenix. Show me you can get a lead in Phoenix. Show me you can shoot the basketball. 
show me that you yeah. understand their rims. Like I, I want them to win. I think they're going to win. I feel good about it. But at the same time, if sure. they play their asses off, this is sounding like such a participation trophy garbage bullshit. But if they play really well, lose by six or seven, a couple things don't go their way down the stretch, but they at least showed like, hey, we can win in Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm at least okay with that. Yeah, but, I mean, that's a good point. Uh, I guess I had really considered that, but I mean, I you know, it was it was good to probably watch them in game five, at least get a lead for two and a half quarters, right. like a pretty pretty comfortable one because then I guess that showed me I had that in my head where it was like they can they can do this it's just it's got to be you know a 48 minute or 48 minute plus like in game seven against Brooklyn it's got to be a full effort and you can't shit the bed in the in the third quarter um, yeah again and I don't know I mean that maybe that's why I'm more confident just because I've than I was against like Brooklyn because I got through that series and I've seen it pretty much all. And I've seen that they can do it. Even if they do lose game five, you know, you're not done yet. And, you know, I, when the Bucks lost game five, I think I texted one of our group texts saying, and that's ain't one shit yet. Yep. And sure as shit. I mean, the Bucks came home, took care of business and went to, went back to Brooklyn and, and, and pulled it out. And, you know, regardless of what happens in Game Five, I guess I'm I'm still I'm still on the bandwagon. I mean, I'm not I'm not done. Yep. yep. And I think I think we might use that line if, if things go sideways on uh, Saturday. Look, the Suns haven't won shit. We got we come back home, and, uh, and then we then if we have to go to Game Seven, I just bury me. Like you can have me just put me in a coffin, um, because that will take a lot of years off my life. Uh, oh, but yeah. we'll see. I think they're. I think they're winning on Saturday. I do. I feel really good. I think. I think people are downplaying how much that loss kind of affected the Suns and Chris Paul. Sort of the demons are starting to to lurk for Chris Paul. Let's just put it that way. That's a mad person. I would opinion. be. I just. I would be shocked if the Bucks were able to win four in a row. Yeah, it would be. Some, it would be, would be. Be all. All time, man. They but they've done things that I think have shocked us throughout this thing, right? They haven't won four straight since Miami, but what's to say they can't do it now? Right. All right. Well, so for Giannis, so Giannis didn't play a great game. We talked about it. Um, switching topics here, and a lot of people were freaking out. We had a couple buddies who were texting the line like, "Yeah, Giannis doesn't look right," or "Something's wrong with Giannis." I can't tell you how many tweets I saw from Greg Matzik freaking out about it. Like Greg's at the game, you know, he's riding the company hog to get the uh, Phoenix and Milwaukee press box seats. And he's like, I'm sure he's a good dude, but let's just be real here. And he's like, Giannis is hurt. Giannis is hurt. I'm like, dude, I don't think he is. Like he did this in game three with the hyperventilating and then he just wasn't really finding his shot. So as I'm watching this and I'm seeing it on Twitter and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? Giannis has reached Rogers levels with fans. And what I mean by that, and I'll let you come in here and see if you agree with me or disagree or have another take is like whenever Rogers would get like a big hit and then after that big hit or his, maybe he winces a little bit. 
Like people would freak out if Rogers had like a slight limp, and it's like, yeah, the his fucking fat lineman stepped on him. He's fine. <laughs> but he like or Indomitian Sue stepped on his fucking hand or something. Right, and so it's like he has like one or two bad passes, and everybody's losing their shit and being like, oh, Rogers must be hurt. Rogers must be hurt. And then he like throws a fucking laser to Devontae. And it's like, no, he's not. He's fine. And that's what I kind of mean that Giannis has reached that level with fans where it's like, if he's not dominant, it's like something's wrong with him. And it's really interesting to, to witness kind of in real time. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I, he was much more passive than in sure. game three. Yeah. Um, but to use a Giannis line at the end of the day, he made, I mean, so many big defensive plays in like in that fourth quarter. Oh, he's incredible. That, I mean, the block is, you know, a thing now. You're like the block. You're going to yep. know what that is when I, when I say that. Yep. And he impacted the game regardless. And I, I don't know. It, I don't know what was going on there. Um, I don't think he's hurt. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't cherry pick that. Like, I hate that. Like you can't say, you know, he, you're right. You're right. He didn't look good. He didn't look good, but I don't think he's fucking hurt. I mean, yeah. just because a guy has a shitty game or a game, a sub, uh, a substandard game, I suppose. You can't say like you think he's hurt. Like I just, I, that's such a cop out. Like it's, it's, it's bullshit. It's like Chris Paul now. I mean, Bill Simmons again leads off the podcast with Chris Paul's hurt, right? Like he has to be. Otherwise, you know, he he can't. It's inexplicable he'd be playing that bad. Like, well, I mean, he's got the best defender in the league on him. I mean, let's let's not forget that. And yeah, again, they're on the road, like in in probably the most hostile crowd that they half these guys have played in i mean it might not go right it doesn't mean he's hurt like we got to stop doing that so yeah. i just i just hate that yeah but, so maybe it's not it, even it, it, it's, like, not, it's, oh, like, it's like it's like it's like okay so you think something's wrong with the honest what about game three i mean yeah. just no more than two two days ago three days ago he had two days rest i mean if anything is more healthy i would think right. just, i don't know he was extremely passive i don't know Part of me is hoping, and this is weird, but it's like part of me is hoping he was saving it for the last three games of the series where he was like, it's kind of a, almost like a, almost like a LeBron thing, right? Where it's like, I'm going to be sort of passive, do enough to get the win. And then I'm just going to go nuts the last couple of games, you know? So I mean, kind of, kind of the best. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a dream scenario, but right. I'm just I saying, mean, it's a hell of a zag. It's the Vince Young. It's like chill, chill in the first half, and then the second half, go to fuck off. Like that is exactly what you hope Giannis does there. It's not a bad. Well, that's, what was, that's what I was. That's what I was hoping for in Game Four, which I mean, he kind of did in a way. Yeah, he, he, know, he wasn't. He wasn't picking rolling on the death like he was in Game Three, and they and they were they were a lot tougher on him in Game Four. Yeah, I mean, you can't tell me that they, that they, there was they made there was that one play. That's right here on on NBA TV right in front of me. There was that one play where Giannis had the ball underneath the hoop. And I don't know how many times in my life watching him play, that's a dunk, regardless of how many guys are there. But they absolutely swarmed him, and it was a turnover. Right. And they were they did not do that in game three. They were a lot tougher on him. 
and that's that's credit to phoenix i mean that's like right we got basically you know embarrassed by Giannis on national television on the biggest stage we are not going to let him do that again and maybe he fed into it a little bit but i don't know maybe he no. was also playing possum no i i i really like well i think both are accurate and i think that speaks to that rogers comparison it's like Aaron Rodgers can never have a bad game, according to some Packer fans. It's always mm-hmm. something else. It's the play calling. It's the, you know, it's the receivers. They drop some passes. It's, you know, oh, he got nicked up early, got blindside hit. and He wasn't the same after that blindside hit. Uh, and they all look, and I've done it. Like, look, I'm not perfect. I probably am worse with Rodgers than I am with Giannis. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because basketball is a different sport. And it's just like, there's a lot more things and I've seen maybe less of Giannis and so much more Rogers, but it's also really interesting that we don't do this with Christian Yelich. We don't really make excuses for Christian Yelich. We don't really care enough. And even though Yelich has an MVP and maybe that speaks to baseball, but like, we don't make excuses for Christian Yelich having a bad yeah. game. Like, yeah. I don't. think that's, that's a, that's a baseball thing. Cause Totally. There's just so much inherent inherent failure in baseball. It's like, yeah. you know, it, you know, NFL. Aaron Rodgers can literally, you know, I guess this is hyperbole, but you know, he could drop back and probably throw 500 yards a game if he wanted to, but it doesn't work that way. Mm. And Giannis, you know, was what 26, 23 of 26 in the restricted area in games two of three, two and three or something like that. Like, that's a ton of success. Yeah. He nearly got a triple, and, he, and also in a bad game, he nearly got a triple double. Like, right? You know I mean? Like, right. 26, I mean, so, 14, and eight. So, but Christian Yelich has fought like four home runs this year. I mean, right now we're, I don't want to get off, get off track, but we're, no, we're at no, a full no. season sample size here with Christian Yelich being kind of cheeks, but. Yeah, I'm not too worried. But. Yeah, there might be a discussion, but it's okay. When I'm part of my take, he says that he's going to get the part of my take bump. And, uh, and that's, what's going to, that's, what's going to happen that he's going to get the part of my take bump and, and he's going to hit 20 home runs in the second half. That's what Yelich has, uh, adhered to. I'm moving around and now my fiance is right next to me as I tape the podcast. Cause I have to plug in to the, I am a poor planner Ch- chiming in. You're a bad fan. You fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Anyways, yeah, we well, we should probably do a longer Yelich discussion. Um, maybe not soon, but maybe in August when we're looking to fill time and trying not to talk too much about training camp. Uh, but speaking of the Brewers, uh, they have a series against the Cincinnati Reds this weekend, if anybody cares. I think my dad might be one of the only few people who care. Um, that I, I, I well, Nothing would be more my dad than getting a text message from him about the Brewer game on Saturday night. I'll be like, do you really think I'm watching this old man? I think, I think a lot of dads are, were, were, are, um, how do I say this? We're probably kind of done with the NBA <laughs> by, uh, by uh, this time last year, um, right. like completely 100% out. And now there's a couple that maybe are kind of looking over the fence just because the Bucks are in, are in the finals, but otherwise they probably don't really give a shit whether or not they win or lose too much. I mean, they'd like to see it, but um, you know, baseball is kind of their thing. Yeah. Because 
I think my dad's kind of like that too, but I um, think both are. Da- I mean, we, we watched game six uh, together against the Hawks. And didn't you have to tell him to phone. calm down? Didn't you have to tell him to calm down during game six? No. Well, yeah, actually, I, I wanted to talk about that last pod. Yeah, we never got to it, but no, I didn't tell him to calm down, but it was like, um, with like 10 minutes left in the game, he's like, wow, they're really going to do it. And we were up in the, <laughs> Atlanta. Atlanta had made like, I don't know, had just made a three or something, you know, and he's like, I don't know. He was like, wow, they're really going to do it. And I'm like, I just, you can't talk like that, Dad. There's, you know, I mean, have you watched an NBA game? These guys can just run down and shoot a three with four seconds gone in the shot clock if they want. Every single time, they'll probably make it. So, I didn't yeah. go into that greater detail, but I was just like, please shut up, basically. I didn't, yeah. I don't think I said that, but you that's, know how I am. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. need fucking. No. That, I like, kid, like the fucking I, dude in, uh, that I caught so much heat for, I told the guy to fuck off at, at Broadhouse. I don't remember what he said now, but he was all time. Like, that oh, was we're fine. We're fine. I'm like, get the fuck away from me, dude. I, I, no matter win or lose, I think we're gonna have to just do like an oral history of this. Probably like in the winter when we have like nothing to talk about, and it's just like house boys. Yeah, we just have to do like a full like maybe do it from there. Get Tim on the podcast, like the whole the whole thing, like the whole kit and caboodle. I love the fact that I'm also using their shuttle as my wedding shuttle. So like I have that Trump card just hanging in the back of my head. Like I'm, I'm kind of in it for life at the broad house, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a lifelong connection there. That's like a, Oh yeah. Uh, I have the peanut gallery over here. Shuttle. The peanut, the peanut gallery is like, let's not get carried away. Um, I, I was at the gym yesterday before the game and she's like, where'd you go? And I was like, broad house. I got called in. And I was like, JK, I, I was at the gym. I'm coming home. <laughs> <laughs> also as uh, sad, also as sad as I was on, I want to say I was on my deathbed on sat- Sunday. I was just very lethargic after quite the, ba- <laughs> the bachelor party weekend. I thought Monday was far worse. And I was like, yeah, I couldn't even fathom looking at a beer going to the Broad House. And she's like, yeah, I'd been really mad at you if you would have went out for four straight days. Yeah, well, I mean, I had I had ambitions of doing that, but that quickly, the reality set in probably mid-afternoon that it yeah. was like, I can't do this. No. Like, I mean, not only the, the hangover and all that, like there were some financial implications, if you will, too, where it's just like, bachelor party you know was a blast and i i would i would never trade it for the world but it still costs money oh, yeah. and i mean if i can save any any little bit here and there i will and and uh you know we'll save it for save it for this coming weekend to get yep. back on the uh back on the train yeah and i think tuesday i got to be there regardless i you know win or lose and that's at least i'm mentally preparing for tuesday and then if thursday is needed thursday's needed too but yeah, the the Brewers have a Cincinnati series, so we do need. You know what? Fuck it. We don't need to talk about it. It's, I I'll put it this way. I guess the short and sweet version of it is, if the Brewers lose two out of three to Cincinnati or get swept, I start to worry a little bit about Cincinnati. It's a long season. It's definitely something to like. Okay, whatever. If they sweep, they're one game back, sure. But it's a long way to go. The Reds have a trash bullpen. Somehow the Brewers haven't been able to figure out the trash bullpen. Everybody else has. 
They have a run differential of eight. I'm not convinced that this team has suddenly figured it all out. Um, they're yeah. just playing good baseball, and maybe they have the Brewers' number. And yeah, the, that's Reds, the Reds don't really they don't really scare me. No. I just I I would like to see the Brewers get get back on a, a winning trend, I guess. But they probably were playing a little bit above their heads there for a couple of weeks, and the schedule eased up, and they they took care of business. I'm yeah. not I'm not knocking them for that, but you know I would like to, I would love to see them win a series this weekend. Yeah, it would be a mass. I think it would be a massive statement if you were to win this series, and you were to get up to a five game lead. So if you won two out of three, you're now at a five five spot, and you've had bless you, you've had some good success against Luis Castillo this year. It hasn't happened years past. Tyler Molly it has not went well against Sonny Gray. Um, mixed bag there brewers have not announced what they're doing from a starting pitching perspective by the way so we don't know who's taking them taking the ball for the crew um on hmm. friday well woodruff yeah, didn't pitch the all-star game right right because he pitched sunday so woodruff okay. so would woodruff be up then in the rotation normally uh, i mean that's four days rest no so probably. woodruff probably saturday yeah so, maybe that's probably why they haven't announced yet Woodruff Saturday, Burns or Peralta Sunday. Are we getting like uh, Aaron Ashby? Uh, No, I don't think we'll get that. Maybe Brett Anderson or or Adrian Hauser. Probably is what you you have have on Friday. Woodruff on Saturday, maybe Burns on Sunday. Then you can have Freddie like a full week off and it goes up against Kansas City at home. Uh, on the and Freddie, Freddie threw a full inning in the All-Star game, right? Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, he struck out the side, I, I believe. Yes. I, I didn't <laughs> watch – admittedly, I did not watch much of the All-Star game. I watched the home no. run derby. I just was – I've been burned out kind of with sports, if we're being honest. Like, this Bucks run has taken oh, yeah. a lot out of me. I was um, thinking – I was thinking about that. Like, I'm going to be such a productive person when this season's over because it's like <laughs> – I i don't know what I'm going to do with all this sleep. Yeah. That I'm, that I'm able to get exactly exactly and uh yeah it's uh but yeah that there it was no burns is the homer he gave up to vladdy was unbelievable um just absolute moonshot cannon but is what it is it's an all-star game it doesn't really matter um like like the nba i guess their ratings suck too so it is it is what it is you know all right, man. Well, we'll see you Saturday. Anyone else who wants to join us at the Broad House, as I always say, you're welcome to join mm-hmm. us. We'll be there. Oh, yeah. Get, oh, nice yeah. to be there early, man. Like, I, we obviously can talk yeah. about this. But it, it's going to be a rocking crowd there on Saturday. Yeah, I think you have everybody back from vacations, 4th of July stuff. You'll have a lot of weddings this weekend, probably, which is brutal. P's and P's if you have a wedding this Saturday. I guarantee yeah. you there are multiple listeners who have weddings well, this weekend. I mean, you and I went through it two years ago, so yeah, um, it ain't fun. Well, I, the only good thing about that wedding, it wasn't fun, you're right. We had to watch game six at Seth's wedding. So the way the venue was set up was a little different than not not similar to normal, normal wedding venues where we were off in the corner. And, uh, but anyways, we're in the corner. And so the bride and groom can't see us. So we were like, all right, let's fire up the game. We'll watch it on TV. And then Morgan just spilled wine on, on one of our friend's pants. And, you know, 
And that's that's one of the headlines of that wedding. And then Malika Andrews, we all hated by the end of it. But yeah, I, the last two of the last three or two of the last Bucks losses, like I was at Shannon's wedding when they lost in seven to the Celtics. So I, yeah, Raptors and Celtics were both, uh, I was in a wedding. So I got to keep myself steer clear of weddings uh, when Bucks playoff games are around. Yeah. Unfortunately, people don't people don't expect don't plan for those. So no, no, you can't you can't plan for that. I mean, we got invited to something in early September, and I was like, oh, week two of the football season. Like, there's a bunch of good games that night, and then I immediately <laughs> was like, I bet they got TVs. Like, I don't, I'm not gonna worry. I guess it's gonna be at a bar anyway, so it'll be fine. But I'm such a sick pup, Mitch. I am such a sick fucking puppy. Yeah, you are. Sorry. Sorry. I can't. Oh, that's going to be a terrible slate of games, though, because the Badgers play at six o'clock that night against Eastern Michigan. So the bars will be like, whoa, we got to got to put the Badger game on TV and we won't put any of the other fucking games on. Shout out to Eric Nolte. Um, (laughs) Well, we just won't we won't have a good variety at all. You got Washington, Michigan that night. Um, That's that's your highlight game. Your big one week. College football right around the corner, man. NFL right around the corner. It's a unless, very far unless, thought. But unless the, the Delta variant derails this whole motherfucker. That's that's the who's back of the week right now. <laughs> Some of us have a 285 person wedding. Like, I don't want to think about the Delta variant. Oh no, no, no. Real quick no. Co- real quick co- COVID corner. Um, that's all garbage because it's all people who aren't vaccinated. I'm not telling you to go get vaccinated, but it's like, I don't know. Just it's... do it. Just do it. I'll tell them. Fucking just do it. Okay. Do you have a, do you have a, uh, as we're wrapping up here, do you have an open championship uh, pick for us? Louis Ushays and leading. Uh, Jordan uh... Spieth, one back. Webb Simpson, two back. Kyle Morikawa, three back. Aaron Rodgers had, had a hell, hell of a week in golf. Yeah. Not too long he had, ago. He, he had, had a good performance. <laughs> he had a good one. Matt Schneidman was like, oh, he has the facial hair that he usually does for training camp. I'm like, really? We've gone this far, huh? Yeah. Louis Oosthuizen's leading, right? Heading yeah. into Friday. Yeah. I'm in a picks league with Murph. He has Oosthuizen and I have Spieth. So choose carefully. Oh, boy. Spieth's due, isn't he? Yeah. He plays. He's won a British Open before. Um, but he hasn't won a major in, I think, since that couple Open of years in 2017. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Give me speed. Fuck it. On the golf channel, start your day off. Coffee and golf, man. It's great. Going, starting your day off with a little bit of golf, watching the British Open link style course. It's fantastic. It's no better way to start your day. Yeah, it's a little reckle for the people. So. We'll we'll be pulling for t- we're team Spieth over here at the Snow Tap offices. All right, that does it for us. We've spent far too long just bullshitting. Uh, take care of yourself. We'll see you Saturday. Have a good one. Take care, guys. Bye. Peace. Good books.